Love podcasts? You'll love Podcast Magazine, taking readers into the lives of today's leading podcasters and beyond the microphone of the show's fans love. Each month, Podcast Magazine's dedicated writers share personal interviews, industry happenings, exclusive categorical charts, and independent ratings and reviews of under-the-radar shows. If you listen to podcasts, subscribe now at podcastmagazine.com and grab a free lifetime subscription while you can. That's podcastmagazine.com. On today's episode of Reinvention Radio. When I came up behind her and she relaxed onto my body, she says that it's the first time she actually ever surrendered to a man in her life. Oh, wow. This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. And we are not only live, but we are also recording. So, oh. winner, winner, we win. Chicken dip. All right, sweet. <laughs> Um, all right, let us do this, which is first and foremost, welcome everybody to uh, our second version of Reinvention Radio in this way. Look at how clean shaven you are, Richie Ote. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting it go and you're letting it grow in. That is all. I mean, you're, I'm letting it go, grow in and you're just taking it all away. I, I Gotta do something. Yeah, you know, I got stuff to do all day. <laughs> to do gotta kill some time to start shaving <laughs> and the lovely mary goulet hola mary goulet how are you uh-oh i don't hear you let's see if we can get your your mic you're not muted i just didn't hear you so just got to get you louder there uh and we are joined also by ian ferguson awesome having you here my man Great how you doing yeah yeah really good all right, let's um let's see if we can't get your your volume going, Mary. You want to try that one more time? Try that one more time. How about now? Yes, speak, say anything, say hello, Mary Goulet. No, are we not nope. good? Nothing. All right, well we'll keep trying on that. Hopefully we'll get Mary back. Uh, I see you and you're nodding. Yes, I see you and you're nodding, but we do not hear you yet. It's really weird. Really weird because it doesn't look like you're muted at all. So just try to try to figure that out. All right. So if you join us for the first time here on Reinvention Radio, then welcome. It's uh, it's good to have you here. Awesome to have you here, um, Kelly. Why don't you do this? Let's um just so that we can give folks an opportunity to come in uh, and to be a part of the conversation. Um, why don't you share the link as well uh, in in the comments there on Facebook? And that way we can get folks in and, uh, you know, if they have questions, we can get them in as a part of this conversation. But, um, but Ian, let me, let me go ahead and uh, just let you know kind of how we run through things first here. And you're welcome to join the, the general conversation uh, first, which of course is uh, just our, our typical getting to know you kind of banner and bringing things, uh, bringing folks up to speed here. So I'm happy to have you uh, as a part of that conversation. But Richie, while I have you, uh, and while Mary's getting it, uh, I'll figure it out. And Mary, if you got to drop out and then come back in, you know, feel free to do that as well. Uh, but Richie, how I have, while I have you here, man, how, uh, obviously you're clean shaven, got that whole thing working, but how, how you holding up, man? What's going on? Life is good. It's tough with the uh, seven-year-old trying to find things for her to do and her constantly saying why can't i go on a play date you know but um other than that i'm i'm just focusing and getting work done and life's been good you know i mean yeah like i said last week 
it's, it's interesting. Um, it's kind of binary for our family because Trish is in hospitality. So she's totally down with everything, but I'm marketing and e-commerce and marketing's taken a slightly different shift, right? Mm -hmm. Not so much going straight for the, for sales and more Mm -hmm. top of funnel, getting to know people and really helping them out while we're doing kind of this community uh, thing around here too. So helping out a lot of people in the neighborhoods, a lot of older people around here. So just continuing Mm -hmm. to fight the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. And Ian, how about you, man? So, um, married, um, kids at home, what, what, uh, give us some with my partner, Jaya, we have our son who's 11. <clears throat> we had a virtual birthday party for him just the other day. Yeah. So that was an interesting thing. It was definitely a highlight of his day, but you know, it's like, it's the new, it's the current, uh, let's hope it's not the um, new status quo, but <laughs> it's yeah. the current way of operating. Um, and you know, fortunately we, we have a lot of virtual activity. We have a lot of clients and uh, yes on a couple of things. One, it's like, it's really just more about showing up and service. I mean, it always is, but even more so now it's like, how can we, we're doing a live thing every morning for our community where we're getting on zoom and we're doing practices and uh, meditations. And, you know, we're going to keep this going up, going for at least a month to really help support our people. And then the marketing piece, because that's something that I work on, on for our business as well. It's like, it's, there's a definite need to completely pivot and honor the moment and, and change how we are speaking to people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 No, I totally get that. And so, um, so just, just so we're clear here, you, so you're not married, you guys are in partnership. In partnership. Been together okay. 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Got it. And it's interesting too, because the work that you actually, let me, let me bring in Mary because now Mary is here. How, uh, how are we doing with the, with the mic? Did we get the mic fixed? Oh no. I didn't get it fixed. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know what's going on there. We never have trouble like this. No, we can't hear you. You can see loud and clear, but we cannot hear you. That's so weird. I don't know what's going on there. Might just be a setting. One of those darn settings. Um, all right. So, so yeah, Ian, just so we're clear on this, then the, um, the, the work that you and, and Jaya do, how, how would you, how would you define the work that you're doing? Because in, in it's, and it's really interesting too, especially given what's going on now mm. in terms of just having to, to really redefine attraction and, and satisfaction and, and the relationship itself. I mean, it, it's really uh, tricky and interesting now with, um, with, with folks not being able to leave and having kids at home uh, on a full-time basis. So mm-hmm. this will be a really interesting conversation, I'm sure, for those uh, who have been in partnership or are married, et cetera, uh, you know, for, for uh, any sort of extended period of time, especially the, for those who have kids. So take us, take us through what uh, the work is uh, that you and, uh, and Ms. Jaya do. Sure. Um, well, we help people to have deeply fulfilling relationships and more specifically sex lives. So it's really diving into how is it that we can communicate and create a um, really powerful connection because, you know, we, we dive into relationship and usually in the beginning six months, year, two years, it's hot, passionate. You can't keep your hands off of each other. And then things change, things shift, kids um, just the normal limerence pattern of, of attraction or hormonal, all the hormones and juicy stuff that made it instantly hot before now requires cultivation. And 
um, you know, I, I can go in any number of directions. One thing that you're speaking to that I hear in there is just the challenge. Um, there's the challenge of all of us who have partners and now our kids are at home and we're in each other's space 24 seven. Um, how do we manage that? And then for the people who are not in a relationship or they're single, what has happened to the world of dating and how, <laughs> how can we communicate and connect and feel fed uh, virtually while we yeah. have all of this physical distancing going on? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting question for sure. There's a number of questions actually in there to, to unpack. Um, but where, where I really want to start is, is how, how did you and, and Jai actually get into this work? Like, how does that, how does that conversation even start? <laughs> <laughs> About getting into the work? Well, like, at, at what point were you, and, and take us actually back further in terms of what were the relationships like that you both had before you came into partnership with one another? Because so many of us have all of that experience that we bring into our current relationship. So what were your individual relationships like before you two? Before we partnered up. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was definitely a serial monogamist and um, I ended up married for six years in that partnership for about eight years. That would, I would say that's the pivotal, outside of my first true love, that's the pivotal relationship that shaped me and was the launching off point to my own bigger evolution in terms of being able to really create a powerful, passionate, connected relationship. And that's mm -hmm. what I was able to create with Jaya. Why, um, why, did, that one, why did that one end? Well, I, there was a decent amount of hiding out, like coming into relationship and trying to be something that I thought I needed to be for my, my wife at the time. Mm. And actually another interesting layer because sexuality is something that I am now fully immersed in and coaching and teaching, you know, thousands of people about, um, it's the sex life. The sex life was, was a bomb. And I would take 99.9% .9 of the ownership for that failing in our relationship. And that was a huge, um, that was a, a huge Mack truck essentially in terms mm -hmm. of being in a partnership and not really finding that I had the confidence or the presence and the grounded um, strength to be with my partner, my wife, my lover to the point where I could satisfy her needs and she felt fulfilled. I found myself going into kind of spirals of lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. So in, in, a, in many ways, it was like a big inciting incident to have such upheaval in my life through the through through having a divorce that I was determined to never recreate that again. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that we that we really learn how to do, right? So why why do you think you beat yourself up so much about that? You know, I think that's part of just kind of the the, the human condition, the human nature here, right? I mean for for most of us we don't we don't ever really learn how to do that. And obviously, I mean, it sounds like she didn't either. So why, why take on so much burden of responsibility? There? Oh, well, if you're hearing burden and responsibility, um, I'm not, I'm not in that space about it. It's just, um, it's the, it deepened my, my understanding, my personal understanding of what relationships mean to me, uh, ultimately, which is I am in partnership to fully see, support, love the person that I'm with everything about them, the things I love and the things that I don't like at all. 
And that's the same thing that I'm looking to my relationships my, to provide for me. Are you mm -hmm. here to see me fully um, as I am with all of my desires, my foibles, my amazingness, and still love me essentially unconditionally and support me to be the biggest and best me that I can possibly be? Mm -hmm. So that, that relationship, I discovered in myself how much I was hiding out inside a relationship, not really expressing myself fully and going for the things that were important to me. I would, I would shapeshift to please my wife. And, mm -hmm. and then that's where a lot of the disagreements or the, the kind of lack of connection would come in because I wasn't being fully myself. And uh, I, was, I, was in the, I was in the good boy position, the people pleaser role. Mm -hmm. It didn't yeah. work for anybody. Yeah, I get that. Rich, I know you got some questions as well, and then we'll circle back around. So please. You know, one of them was when you left the relationship, was it just you having time by yourself for a while that helped you notice that it was mostly you? Was it the new relationship that you noticed it was mostly you? What, what was it that gave you the new insights moving forward with what your work is now? Uh, well, one of the things is I was also in therapy at the time that I was transitioning out of that relationship. So I was holding the mirror up and just asking these questions like, where, 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 where did I create the, this situation? Where did I create something so that next time I go in, it's different? And the fundamental rule, I didn't go like study tantric sex or run off, you know, into the literature of sexuality, knowing that I felt like I hadn't really fulfilled the promise of our relationship around our sexuality. Um, I made one simple decision because I realized at the root of my not being able to be confident with my wife and connect with her was presence. Mm. Just the ability to be, I'm here, I'm with you. What turns you on? Let me be with what turns you on to the point where you are fulfilled and satisfied. So presence was the biggest shift right out of the gate where I realized that that, that, that is what had been lacking. Um, and then, then it's an interesting journey. I was, I was alone on my own for a little bit. And then I was in a series of monogamous relationships where I found I was going back into the same habit of conforming who I was, you know, even in minor ways. Like I had one partner who couldn't hear anything about my ex-wife, didn't, she had really high jealousy. So I noticed that I was really crafting the conversation so that I wasn't triggering her. And then in that, I was cutting off this whole part of my life, like eight years of relationship and a whole process and my growth. And in order to have her feel, not get jealous, essentially. And then I went into another relationship, a monogamous relationship where I had the same experience, just on a different front, where I noticed that my partner was actively wanting me to kind of sequester parts of my big personality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, this just doesn't, this isn't working for me. Again, coming back to that root of, I need to be with somebody who's going to be with me fully, see me fully, honor me for who I am. And that's what I'm going to bring to my relationship. And then I discovered, and it's a whole other tangent if we want to go on it. Then I discovered polyamory. So, which is many loves, which is like, oh, that philosophy sounds like it actually works with my system. And I didn't know anybody who was polyamorous. I didn't know the ethical conversations and all the challenges, but it resonated. And I was like, well, 
I, I have capacity to love more than one person. And I want somebody who's with me to know, even if they're my primary person who I'm mostly focused on, I still have attractions to other people, whether I act on them, I want to talk about them. I want you to know those parts of me that I get turned on by this, this, and this, whether it's physical looks or a particular energy or emotional quality of somebody, I want to have the freedom to be able to connect with anyone with whom I, I feel a, a, an excitement or charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, to, to that end, it, it's a fine, well, and, and maybe, well, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself into the, to the answer here because maybe I'm, I'm projecting. So it, is it, and is it a fine line or how do you reconcile between being fully expressed as you are and still being in relationship then? Sure. How, how, how do the, how do you, how do you balance the two or, or is that the thing is that you just don't? Sometimes I think there's, there is not a balance, but what there always is in that fundament, that primary relationship is the sort of a root, root rule, a base rule um, for me is to be um, in care of my, my partner's distress. So if there's something that I want, if there's some way that I want to live my life for something that I want to do, and that causes my partner, whom I'm, whom I'm committed to, distress, then it's not about giving up on that thing that I want. It's about finding out. It's about going deep into curiosity. It's about deep into care of like, well, I want this thing and it's bringing up this trigger for you. So what is that trigger about? What's the fear about? What is it that you're scared about? So that mm. then... And, and also re- revealing with uh, vulnerability, this is why this excites me. This is why it's important to me. And instead of focusing on the one way to fulfill on that, um, that desire, then it becomes how are we working with each other's deeper wants and needs? And then we can get creative and create a solution that works for both of us as to how we can both be fulfilled without compromise. We have a... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a, a mentor of mine, his name is Kelly Bryce, and he wrote a book called Don't Be Nice, Be Real. And uh, he uses this phrase from nonviolent communication, which is um, uh, compromise is resentment 50 50. Mm-hmm. So the point of relating with a partner is to reach an empathetic resonance to the point where you, f- you are so aligned with each other's wants, needs, and desires that you figure out a creative solution that works for both. Yeah, that's, um, so really, I just actually put that one in the chat there so I can remember it later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, and actually, it looks like we have Mary on now. How are we doing, Mary? Can you finally hear me? Yes. Yay! I just rebooted my computer. Oh, there's that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good to have you here, Mary Goulet. Good to see you. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, welcome. As you dropped yourself right into the middle of this super interesting conversation, hanging out with Ian Ferguson here of Team Jaya, MissJaya.com. Uh, so speaking of which, where, where, where is 
Jai. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't she be like, I feel like she should be here as well. We should be having her as part of this conversation. Well, so, she's a really freaking thrilling guest. So you're definitely missing out on my better half. <laughs> um, yeah. And we've got, you know, incredible amounts of stuff going on, clients to serve and things yeah. that we're, we're ginning up. Um, and both she and I, she's, she's been in this work since for over 20 years. Um, and I came into it through my relationship with her and have been very deeply immersed in it over the last six or seven years. Mm. Um, and at this point, basically, we're co-teachers and co-facilitators of, you know, what we're sharing with the world. Got it. Were you, were you actually a client first and you had no. gone to a workshop or a retreat or a seminar? No, 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 no. We met silently on a dance floor. Um, I do, she showed up in my dance community and um, I noticed her. She's obviously got a very compelling energy. I noticed yeah. her show up. I was like, who is that? Took a couple of times. I do something called contact improvisation. And um, basically I kind of scooped up next to her and then I lifted her up off the floor and started spinning her around my head and all over the place. So without words, um, she, she said it was the, when I came up behind her and she relaxed onto my body, she says that it's the first time she actually ever surrendered to a man in her life. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, woo, that's, that's high praise for just showing up with my presence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so let's, let's jump into the, the conversation of the day, obviously, given everything that's, that is going on here right now, how can, how can couples use this time? What do you recommend couples do during this time to, to deepen their relationship, their attraction, their satisfaction, their passion, and obviously being cognizant of the fact that many couples still have kids yes. <laughs> at home who cannot mm -hmm. leave or go anywhere or ever go to bed because they don't have to now. Um, <laughs> so, so what, what would you, what would you recommend from, from that standpoint, given the circumstances? Uh, well, I'll speak to, I think I'll take, I'll split that up into a couple things. Um, first is just the, the piece of what is it that people can do? And I'll try and speak to couples and singles in this time, which I think it's an opportunity for just us as a human species, which is to level up, skill up. Um, a lot of people talk about life slowing down right now because they can't go to that job that they, that they usually physically go to. My life is just speeding up um, because there's different ways to pivot what we're doing and how we're doing it and how we're providing and serving people. Um, but the, You'd spoken to this at the very beginning of the episode when I was talking about my relationship with my wife and being my ex-wife and being hard on myself. Um, and because, and why be hard on yourself? Because nobody taught us this. And this is especially true. So if I want to learn about marketing, I can go online and I can find five gazillion pages. I can go to, I can learn about sex maybe through pornography or, uh, you know, other sources, but this particular conversation around intimacy, successful intimacy, what does, it, what does it take? What skills do you have to have to really cultivate passion? So it's not, you're not living your life by default, but you're living your erotic life by design. So mm. this is a, this is a, this and any day, I mean, this just happens to be a moment where 
I think we're looking to see, okay, what really is important? And many of us are coming to this place of, it's our relationships, it's our love life, it's, it's the, and, and that that is the root of having a fulfilled life and a, a, a family life that's successful. But maybe we've got disconnection, disharmony. Maybe there's a sense that we're incompatible because we've been together for five years and we're not having sex anymore. Or it's become ho-hum and uninteresting. This is where having a language and starting to actually learn how to speak and feed and heal and expand into our blueprints or just our, uh, we can talk about the erotic blueprints at some point, but uh, the, all of our, our eroticism to start to learn, uh, this goes for singles as well. Like yeah. come to the self first. How well do you know yourself as, a, as an erotic being? Are you willing to honor and discover and play? And, um, and then articulate like, oh, I've discovered this piece about myself in solo play that I never knew. I have, I have some kinky turn-ons, or I never admitted that I've got a kinky turn-on to my partner. What would it take for me to now express that to my partner so that I can start to bring in this part that maybe I've buried, hidden, um, put away? So mm -hmm. basically, you know, it's just like, it's like anything else. I mean, for the, for the business entrepreneur people here who are listening to your podcast, I could ask the question, how many books have you read on building your business? How many workshops have you gone to to build, you, build your business, learn about your business? And then mm -hmm. if I ask the question, how many books have you read about sexuality and arousal and connection? How many workshops have you gone to for connection, intimacy, and learning your own arousal, the, when we do that question and we're in these workshops of 500 people, we'll get you know, four people who will have had re read more than 10 books on sex and sexuality, and we'll have hundreds of people who will raise their hands about having studied their business and gone into learning more about um, this thing. So it's, it's a skill set like any other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and you're right. Um, and so what, what I've, I have seen happen anyway, is that there usually is a conversation and then like a, like touching a hot stove, you know, you try, you try broaching a particular subject and then it's like, you touch that stove and you get burnt and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm not touching that subject again. How, how do you, why do you think that happens for, for some couples and, and how do you revisit that when, when someone is kind of just caught up in the, in the, in, in the fear perhaps around what that means if you have uh, more intimacy or eroticism in, in your relationship? Cause I, I know that there are, like you said, couples that, you know, they're together and they don't, they don't even have relations anymore. Yeah. Um, one of the keys first is just a willingness, like the, the root of it is like acknowledging the importance of this. So for many people, sex, intimacy, connection is perhaps a lot more important to them than they'll admit or, you know, put out in their relationship and say, yeah. 
this is actually really important to me and and I want to have an amazing thriving sex life and intimate connection with you that's fulfilling. I want that for me. I want that for you. So, so Ian, yes. Could I add that to that for Steve's question? Yeah. In the relationship outside of the bedroom, if a couple says, "Hey, can we create a safe space for vulnerable conversations that might be hard to initiate because maybe the person is feeling they will touch the hot stove or they feel embarrassed. And to avoid that, maybe certain key words that are said like, hey, can we go in the vault together and uh -huh. you know, sure. be, be safe together around a very intimate, personal, um, circumstance that yeah. it will deepen the relationship if they know the stove's not on uh -huh. okay so you're <laughs> not going to get burned coming sure. to me and asking me uh, would you like to participate in this type of activity or whatever yes so one of the things that you point to is something we we always highlight which is it's best, especially if there's sensitivity around these topics, to bring these topics up when you're not right in the bedroom and ready to go into the throes of intimacy, because you're most likely to hit the hot stove. So you laid out really, really beautifully um, one of the strategies, which is to, to, you're speaking to it, which is when it's important to one person and they've got a need that's not being met, to first approach with, with that vulnerability. I heard it in exactly the way you're phrasing it of, hey, this is an intimate conversation. And you can add another layer to that of really revealing, like I'm, I'm, at, I'm scared to talk about this because I don't know how it's gonna go. And I, I think there's some stuff up for you. And I think I know there's some stuff up for me, but I, I wanna create that safe space um, where we can both talk about how, what kind of sex life we'd love to have. So it's also, the thing of being able to um, frame, this isn't a requirement, but the vulnerability is the requirement, but it can be beneficial to speak to, and this is about learning how to speak the blueprints, speak to the desires and wants of your partner. So you're evoking through invitation, you know, and, and creating that synergy of, of empathetic resonance of, this is really important to me. I, I wanna check in, is our sex life really important to you? then getting an answer and mm -hmm. there, you know, you may be shocked and there could be a no, or I don't know, or it feels what if like the, pressure. What if, what, what if the answers are really disparate though? I mean, like, you know, and that, and unfortunately sometimes it happens farther down the path than a lot of people would like. Is there any, is there any hope in that case? Oh yeah. Oh, we've taken people who are in 40 years sexless relationships and turned them into, you know, relationships where they're three times, four times, five times a week they're having intimacy or sex or intercourse or like it, it sparks alive because what's operating is just a, ser a series of unconscious, unexpressed desires. And we think that they're in conflict. We think that the other person can't fulfill them or won't fulfill them. But what's underneath, let's say in the conversation we were just kind of um, demonstrating there, that I say to my, you know, I say to Jaya, like, I really, sex life is important to me and I want us to be amazing. She'd be like, yeah, but let's say she's like, there's resentments built up and I haven't touched her the right way for 20 years and it just feels like pressure and she's got, she's just angry about the whole thing. 
But mm -hmm. now I've realized, oh, this, this is something that's not working in a relationship and maybe I haven't been who I needed to be coming to her. And then if she's in resistance and she says, uh, or stonewalls or just doesn't want to talk about it, continuing to be curious. So I understand that you don't want to talk about it. Um, could you just tell me a bit about why you don't want to talk about it? Mm -hmm. So you continue to peel back vulnerably the layers and make a lot of room <laughs> for the things that are that come forward that are going to be maybe hard to hear, maybe even digs or the, the difficult stuff and just keep shedding the ego and going like, oh, I, I understand. Yes, you know, I, I had that affair eight years ago and there is there more still there to heal and what can we do to do that? So you need to keep plumbing the root when, because what we're talking about, it's these little hurts and sometimes the big hurts that just add up to that wall, that chasm that opens up between couples where you think it's insurmountable, but when you start to, to really honor each other and ask those questions, then you can evoke what's really going on. Like mm -hmm. the, the, what, they, what your partner really needs, what they, what they want, crave from you, the safety that they need to come forward and try again or experiment. Because after so many failures, like you said, it's the hot stove. I'm just mm -hmm. gonna get burned again. I don't wanna do that. I'd rather mm -hmm. shut off. But then you gotta ask yourself the question, am I willing to live a life of complete sexual shutdown, um, no connection with my partner, and what else is gonna come out of that? Am I gonna start looking outside of the relationship to fulfill these needs? Am I gonna then turn into, whether that's an affair or watch, you know, streaming Netflix and being in complete avoidance of my partnership or going golfing? And do I wanna live in that for the next 30 or 40 years? Or do I want, am I willing to dive in and be in a really vulnerable and challenging conversation until we can figure out how we do this together. Yeah. Richie, please. Yeah. Yeah. I had a question on, I'm sure it's different for everybody. It's why you have this work going on where you're helping so many different couples, but is there an amount of time or, or a depth that someone would go in in a conversation. I could imagine trying to conquer everything in one conversation is just like, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, you're bringing it up a piece at a time. How do you go back to the old conversation? If you're talking like once or twice a week about this and you want to bring up the other without it. I, I don't really even know how to ask the question. Cause it just seems like such a big thing. If someone's going 20 years and they haven't, and, how do they even break that conversation into pieces and still keep it moving forward? I think that's setting a container and setting context for what the conversation is really laying out the importance of it. And that it, it, this is probably not something it's just being as ising it, meaning like, this is the deal. We haven't talked about this for 20 years. There's going to be, a, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes up and I don't expect to resolve this conversation right here, right now. And then I would also encourage that, back to that skill set thing, that, that people don't know how to have these conversations, don't have the language, they don't have the training of how to stay present uh, and, and be with somebody, you know, being upset with them without getting defensive and mm -hmm. retorting. So it isn't just if, if you've got these disharmonies or, or, um, 
unconscious loops running in your relationship, then it does take a lot of time to unwind it. And I would recommend getting a coach, getting a, a sex positive, sex friendly therapist who has a willingness to retrain you and give you new language of how to navigate the conversation. Because if you do, if you go into this, if what's the thing of we try, if we try to solve the problem with the same um, yeah, thing that created the problem, insanity. We're, we're yeah. just going to keep in that loop. So learn from people who have the skill sets that you want to emulate and, and have the relationships that you, that you admire and, and want to have. Mm-hmm. Mary, any, uh, any questions coming to mind at the moment? Yes. So you work with couples about this issue and help them communicate with one another and resolve and improve their relationship in, a, well, in the sexual area? The people in our community are uh, various and sundry. <laughs> we work with singles. We work with couples. We're, we are in the LGBTQ community, the, you know, um, we're in the poly community. It's not really about the how you're choosing to relate. It's the personal empowerment around relating. And so I would say really the work is about um, us as individuals. And then how do we come together and choose to relate? So speaking to singles who may be listening, this applies to singles and couples. Who are you, who do you want to be? as an erotic being? Who do you want to be? Who do you choose to be in relating emotionally, intimately, in relationship with others? And how, how, how are you coming into any relationship to, with, um, to create, to have a successful relationship? So you have a unique language that you're using in describing all of this. Um, what phrases get them in the door? Because that's 50% of their healing is able to acknowledge where they're at or not at and where they want to be. What phrases bring clients into the door? Yes. Um, so they can self-identify you. You know, like, oh, this is where we should be. Right. Um, hmm. Um, I've got to think about that for a second. Um, or in other words... What is their pain point yeah. that they realize this would be a good thing to explore? Well, one thing is, are you starving in your sexuality? Okay. Mm. Are you um, feeling like there's more? You know there's more, but you don't know how to get there. In your relationships, are you feeling um, like you're sexually incompatible? There's deep love, there's connection but your libidos or your desires don't match up. How can you bridge that incompatibility gap and create the passion, connection, uh, magnetic attraction that, that we all crave in those primary relationships? Mm -hmm. so, so to, to that end, um, just going back to where we are in, in this particular moment in time, uh, people are actually spending, you know, more time together than, than mm -hmm. they probably have in, in, you know, in years, right? So not everyone, some of us, you know, work from home. And, and so it just, you know, depends on uh, the nature of, uh, of that work environment for you. 
but for for those who are just kind of being thrust into this world of proximity do you have a, a particular tip or, or tool or strategy or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so one, one let's make it fun, right? So it's all about pleasure. It's all about connection. And, and being in pleasure and connection in stressful times helps to lower our stress, create hormonal balance. It brings in the dopamine and oxytocin that is going to keep our immune system boosted, keep us connected, keep us resourced. And our sexual energy is our creative energy. And if there is any, any time where we're being called upon to be connected to our creative energy and resourcefulness, now is that time because everything is just being tossed into the fan. So let's make it fun. And my number one tool is start to get to know who you are erotically and how do you do that? Well, I, I would personally recommend that you check out our quiz, which is the eroticbreakthrough.com quiz. Uh, you guys, you have a special, a specific, a specific link for it um, for your audience. But yeah. the blueprints are, the erotic blueprints are like a personality typing system. And a lot of us are walking around not even knowing that these, some of these types exist or what that is or what they're turned on by. So our quiz helps to dial in who you are as an erotic being, what your primary erotic type is. And once you know your type, you start to know what turns you on, what you're excited about, gives you a language to articulate those desires. And it also shows you the shadow aspects of the, the things that are putting the brakes on your pleasure, like the, you know, stopping your turn on, the things that shut down your arousal. And this incompatibility piece that we were talking about, a lot of people, many people know the uh, five love languages. And that's the thing of like, I, I appreciate, I'm, I like touch, that's my love language. And maybe I'm with a partner who likes gifts, but if I'm coming up and touching them all the time and they're not getting gifts, they're not gonna feel loved by me. Mm -hmm. Same goes for the way that we work with each other, play with each other erotically. If I'm coming in and I'm approaching you as what one of our blueprints is the sexual blueprint. If I'm a sexual blueprint and, I'm a, and you're an energetic and I'm approaching you with the sexual blueprinting, that is gonna very likely shut the energetic down in one, zero seconds flat. So once we know our own blueprint, then we can start to articulate to ourselves first, then to our lovers and partners, hey, this totally turns me on. Would you be willing to try that? Mm -hmm. And vice versa, what turns you on? I've been approaching you for 20 years from my energetic self and you're a sexual and it's just not working. So getting a language to articulate how you like to be turned on, learning how to speak that, there's, a, there's like a whole language of um, seduction and enticement and arousal. So if I came to you and I'm speaking sexual words of, hey, you wanna have sex tonight, but what's really gonna open you up is gonna be, lover, I would love to connect with you this evening. I'd love to, to sit with you and just feel your heart and feel your love for me and I'd love to stare into your eyes. Would you like to do that? And my partner's an energetic. They're gonna go, oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so learning to speak that the language of your lover, learning how to feed them and feed yourself so you're fully fulfilled and satisfied, learning how going into healing the, the blueprints, healing the shadow parts, the things that are putting the brakes on the pleasure, and then 
um, expanding into all that's erotically possible. So, you know, we've got a menu, a smorgasbord of opportunity. There's the succulent strawberries, the, the deep rich chocolate, the glass of wine, the, you know, gin and tonic. Everything mm. is available in this smorgasbord of erotic possibility. So expanding and learning, learning what you didn't even know you didn't know was erotically possible. There's just wild adventure available. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that part of, at least for me, the concern is, well, what if we take that quiz and then we are dramatically on different paths? Awesome. Yay. It's all information. (laughs) So if you, do you want to walk around the cave in the dark with no flashlight and try and figure out how you're going to get yourself out? Or do you want some flashlight and you want some information so that then you actually can be like, oh, I, if I take this step here, I climb here, I do this thing, maybe we're actually going to see the light. Mm. So the, well, this is another thing we're always coaching to, which is, um, and it's another strategy thing that I'll share with your audience, which is how do you take this out of that charged environment where, you know, when we come together to be intimate together, there's the hot stove waiting for us for the mistakes to be made. Well, one way is to start to consciously create containers for exploration where you can't get it wrong, but you are being aware, present, and take, essentially taking notes, maybe literally taking notes. We call them sex labs. So it's setting aside time. That could be 10 minutes. It could be 30 minutes to explore some aspect that you're interested in playing with. And you have the conversation outside of the bedroom. You create the container. You talk about what you're interested in playing with, what, you're, what you um, don't want to play with, like what's off the table. We actually have something called the sex communication checklist, which runs down um, over, uh, I think, 170 different activities that you could do. And it's a way to like fill out, hey, I'm interested in this, this, and this. All this stuff is a no way. Your lover can figure that, uh, fill their own, their own sheet out separately, come together, and then you instantly have a list of things that you're both a hell yes to because this is a, there's the hell yes column. This is the willing to column and this is the no the hell way column. So mm. you, you, you just find information. So if you find out that you're a radically different blueprint than your lover, this is great because you've probably been sexually miscommunicating for your entire relationship. Now you actually have an opportunity to meet each other's needs and have a fulfilling, fulfilling sex life. Yeah. Rich or Mary, anything else you want to add here before uh, we let our friend Ian jump? Not necessarily for me. I mean, I have so many that I don't know. I can't think of one that's like 30 <laughs> seconds, but no, I mean, it's, it's been super interesting. I definitely want to make sure he gets his link out to people too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Mary. Any uh, any other questions for uh, for Ian or uh, in in representation for uh, Jaya, who's who's not with us today, but he can certainly speak for. Um, I think it's very interesting, and you make it seem very practical, so it doesn't have that weird stigma to it. It's just a life force that mm-hmm. can be reignited between two people. Yes, and we. Want, I, we- and a mission for us is a desire to make talking about sex to be like talking about a cup of coffee. You know, people can get very passionate about the coffee beans and 
every detail about the connoisseurship of what it is to have a made in coffee, nobody's going to get charged when I say, hey, man, I like Nicaraguan blend. Dude, what? You like a Nicaragua Arabica. I can't believe that you would even like that. It's just like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm really into tantric sex and I love to be connected with my lover for 14 hours. Oh, that's really cool. I love to be tied up and down to, tied down to a bed and, and uh, dominated really intensely and spanked. Cool. So it's just like this casual, that's really interesting because if we all knew what was going on truly in each other's brains about this topic, there's a, um, a book, A Million Wicked Thoughts, I think it is. And it's, it goes into um, an incredible variety of what this, what the B spot, this, the, the most powerful sexual organ in our body uh, has going on about this topic. And mm -hmm. it's the hiding out that creates the neurosis, that creates the acting out and creates the physical harm and shame. And now I'm getting emotional because this, this is at the root of our message. This is, this is a natural part of who we are. And the more we sit in this place of denying that is who we are, repressing these pieces about ourselves and not honoring our vast creativity and our incredible amount of desire, it's like turning off the faucet uh, to the most powerful wellspring of rejuvenation, connection to ourself that we have available in our life. So that's at the root of our mission. You know, let's love ourselves for who we are. Let's learn how to create consensual relationships where we can negotiate, where we can honor each other's boundaries. And when we're in that container of play, we can play full out without shame, without the trauma, without the hurt, and just expand love on the planet. That's the root of, of what we're about. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And thanks for uh, obviously being with us here today. Um, definitely, definitely something that uh, I know I would like for my wife and I to explore and figure out how we can come into your world somehow. Where, where do you do most of your uh, events or you do them all over? I mean, obviously now we're, we're not doing anything anywhere other than online, but when you come back online or offline, where, where do some of these things take place? And uh, why don't you go ahead and just share um, the link anyway, uh, and then we'll you know, put some other stuff in the notes and also just, you know, you can feel free to do that as well. Sure. I think uh, it's got eroticbreakthrough.com forward slash um, recre your recreating reinvention. reinvention. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's not quite right. So make sure if you're we'll, listening to the show we'll and you want to do it. But at the very least, eroticbreakthrough.com and then we'll yes, figure it out. Yes, for sure. Yeah. They'll get okay. to it. Yeah. Um, so we do do some events, um, and, but the we have an online course, which is the Erotic Blueprint Breakthrough course. That is a deep dive into learning how to speak, feed, heal, um, and expand into the Erotic Blueprints. That's, that's the most immediate way that people can dive in. We do once a year a really big workshop, which last year we had over 500 people at, which mm. is um, kind of a deep in-person immersion to, to understanding the blueprints and how to work with them in your relationship. Yeah. Um, that's usually done every year on Halloween weekend. We throw mm. a really big erotic persona ball um, for that workshop. So you, people coming in costume and really expressing their, their fun um, erotic creatures and whatnot. 
Um, and then we have higher level training, basically like mentorship and mastery. We have over a hundred coaches who are training our methodology right now. So there's a coach training program. There's a number of ways. And to find out about all of that, you could go to missjaya.com or jaya.love, J-A-I-Y-A, J-A-I-Y-A.love or missjaya.com. Um, and we're, we used to spend a lot of time on social media at the moment. We're not really present there. So uh, we are, but um, it's not, uh, not front and center for how we're communicating with people. Our quiz yeah. is really where we, we ask people to enter the door. That's awesome. All right, Ian, we're going to let you jump, man. And I uh, really appreciate you being here on Reinvention Radio and uh, kind of an atypical way that we, that we do it here in terms of we're usually together in the room. We would have loved to have you come in and join us there in the studio. But for, for now, we'll, we'll take you as we can get you. And uh, just, again, appreciate it. Grateful to be here. So grateful to have you shared this with your audience. Um, and uh, it's just been a joy to spend some time with you. Yeah, you too. All right, go ahead and let yourself off and uh, say hi to Ms. Jaya when you can. And we'll I will. talk here on Reinvention Radio. Awesome. All righty. So, uh, Richie, uh, Mary, before we bring on uh, our buddy Brad here, um, you know, it's it's an interesting conversation that not a lot of people are having, and certainly uh, in, in this environment right now, it it seems like it it is an open quorum, so to speak, for for us to, you know, to, to enter into perhaps different conversations than, uh, than we're used to having. Uh-oh, did we lose you? Try to, no, nope. nope. there we go. Yeah. No, the dog was scratching on the door, so I muted oh, it for a second. I was like, yeah, right. go grab her. <laughs> like, ah. um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those ones where I could see so many people being charged with that conversation right and then here we are now we're getting forced to stay together even more and you know having that place where there's just a safe place to bring stuff up it's just it's interesting conversation definitely want to make sure we get that correct link so people can check it out yeah yeah mary any uh any final thoughts on uh, on our conversation with ian mm, he did not answer the question when you said how do you in, you know, increase the connection with your partner when you've got the kids out, you know, down the hall because everybody's <laughs> stuck in the same house. Yeah, there's that. Go anywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if anyone, if anyone, if anyone <laughs> has the, the magic answer to that one. That's the, that is a, you know, it's, this is a very unique set of circumstances that we're at here but you know at the same token i will i will certainly say that just the um you know the the whole conversation around how to just even broach the conversation is certainly something that was helpful um for me and hopefully helpful for all of you as well so i right, definitely check out everything that uh, uh ian and uh and jaya have going on at uh, missjaya.com or jaya.love j-a-i-y-a.love or missjaya.com all right we will wrap up this episode of reinvention radio and 
I am thinking it is highly unlikely that next, next week's episode will be any different in terms of our structure here. But until then, stay safe and stay strong. And we love you. We'll talk to you next time on Reinvention Radio. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. 